Welcome to the Two Old Kids and Two Young Adults podcast. We've combined life experience with young adult drive and ambition. Are you just starting to college plan? Did you finish your education and wonder, now what? Join us in this lively discussion about the topics you need to know to create the next stage of your life's dreams, careers, finances, education, and more. Welcome to Two Old Kids and Two Young Adults podcast. And tonight we get the girl group. This is a lot of fun because Capri and I have an amazing guest with us and it's Lady Power. We've got Shanti Hershenson. I'm glad I said that right. Shanti Hershenson. <laughs> we are so excited to have you. And I have to tee this up a little bit because I am like a geek fan already. She is another young adult here with us today. She's in high school. She's a freshman. But we get to hear about how she has already published multiple books and started her entrepreneur journey. She's doing interviews. We are so excited that we actually got her today and that I didn't have to go through her people yet. So welcome to being on Two Old Kids and Two Young Adults. Shanti Capri and I are so excited to have you. Thank you so much for having me. Always. All right, Capri, do you want to kick this off first? (laughs) Of course. So um, I just learned today that you are an author of multiple books. Do you want to kind of tell us a little bit about how you got your start in writing and a little more about your story? So I have to say, I've always been really interested in writing. However, I didn't exactly pursue it. I'd had these writing projects when I was in like fourth grade. They were all on paper. And I didn't think like publishing and just writing actually a full completed novel was something I could ever do. And then um, I was in sixth grade and the pandemic hit and I had nothing to do. I was at home. I was bored. I was completely isolated. I didn't have many friends that I could actually talk to because I just moved schools. That was a whole thing. And then pandemic. So what I ended up doing was I decided to write a book if I thought if I was going to be at home for so long because I didn't know when the pandemic was going to end at that point and when I was just going to be able to go back to school so I wanted to make something of it and that's what I ended up doing. Uh, My first novel was Biomlock. It really was a pandemic novel. The characters are isolated. There's a lot of kind of the things that the characters feel are similar to what I was feeling during that time. And then actually, um, the first draft of that novel was 250,000 words and 800 pages, which is way too long to publish. Oh my gosh. (laughs) So yeah, Um, I ended up actually splitting into three books and I wrote the fourth book the summer after, but the fourth book is almost like a spinoff. What was that process like for you as you started to dive in? Because I I wrote my first book during the pandemic as well. And for me, because I I talk for a living, sitting down and putting pen to paper was like ripping my molars out. And I had to really walk a process and focus and do 10 minute bursts. What was your writing process and how was that for you to really focus on that? It took a long time to develop the process and I'm still kind of keeping now originally i would spend all day on tiktok and then was like hey i'm writing a book i should go write my book and then i would put on a star wars movie and write for the duration of the movie and then just stop writing after that it was really unhealthy and i was up to like two wow. in the morning every night too it was ridiculous okay, so, so i ended up oh, what were you gonna say oh i can't even do my homework for more than 50 minutes at oh, a time I like i can't imagine writing for a two-hour movie and like having the sensor or the auditory input like that's insane to me yeah i gotta say i don't know how much it ended up writing but what i actually found was it was easier to put on music so then i would go to the park and i would just write in silence or with music at the park and i don't remember how much i would write but it didn't feel like enough 
And then I realized I actually need to just stick to a word count. And that word count I picked was a thousand words. And I was going to do a thousand words every day. The first few days were pretty rough. However, once I got the hang of it, it was really hard not to write. And I've still I still write a thousand words every day. Over the summer, I write more. Sometimes it's two thousand, three thousand, four thousand. But a thousand words oh on school days is usually what I do. Do you feel like does the story evolve as you start writing, or do you already know where you want the story to go and it's just flowing out of you, or is it kind of creating itself as you go along? Somewhere in between. Often, and this is not with all my books, I will have at least a little idea for how I want it to end or like what's going to happen in the story. Sometimes I had one book. I didn't know what was going on. I, I didn't know what would happen on the next page. I just kept writing. It was literally like that book was writing itself. It was an, it was an insane feeling. And I just completely um, winged the entire thing. Other books, um, there's a book. It's a villain origin story. It's not out yet. I don't know when it's going to be out. It's one of my um, books I don't really pay attention to in terms of like needing editing. But... I had basically the entire story planned out. There were things that happened in between main scenes, but it's like a villain origin story, and the story's already told in the published book. So I had to follow that really strictly. And still what I found is it was very different than what actually happened. <laughs> but that one, like, everything. It was harder to write, actually, because everything was planned out. Wow. Capri, um, I know you've got questions. I, I'm holding back. I'm so <laughs> intrigued by this. Also, a thousand words a day. Okay, so if, do you handwrite or type? Preferably? I cannot handwrite for the life of me. Okay, I totally get that. So how many like pages about is a thousand words? Hmm. It kind of depends on, so the standard text size when you're writing a novel, it would be mm -hmm. 12-point font and then double space and then Times New Roman. I might be wrong. It's around six pages, seven. Wow. It might be more than that. I have to That's check at some point. Incredible. Okay. That like definitely helps conceptualize that for me. So thank you so much. Okay. So now a little bit more like on the publishing side, do you, how do you do that? Are you self-published? Do you work with editors and what, like give us too. a little more about your team because that like, I can imagine being that young and working with such large professionals. So I self-publish, but I do work with professionals a lot. I have a writing coach who helps me edit my books and just make sure there are no plot holes, mainly just like proofreading and stuff. And then I work with cover designers. I do all of that um, myself. And I like, I reach out to people. It's difficult. Um, I have to keep on track of cover designs. It's, it's a whole thing, but it's not actually, I, it might, I think it would be harder if I had another person actually keeping track of it. Cause I like to be in the loop about what's going on. I love her. That's <laughs> me. <laughs> <laughs> that entrepreneurial spirit already there you know you want to know every bit about your business and how it comes together H yeah. have you had a hard time with some of the professionals you're reaching out to for support taking you seriously as a young female professional all the time um I had, I remember really early on, I had written a children's book. I don't count it as any of the books I've written because it was just like 800 words. It was going to be like a picture book. Mm -hmm. I was, I'll have to check at some point. I think I was either, I think I was 12 years old. I might've been 13. And I said, hey, would you be interested in illustrating my book? Um, I have full parental consent to do this. Um, I really just, I love your illustrations. And it was like on a website it was on a marketplace mm -hmm. website I, just, I didn't just send like a cold email they said no and that they would not because i was too young unbelievable 
I've had also, I have to say, not really professionals, but like readers at in-person events. So like I did the San Diego Festival of Books. It was wonderful. Oh, I love it. But I had some Great. people, I, I just, I did a podcast um, a few hours ago and I talked about this too. I had a couple, mainly um, like older people, they came up to me and they would just grill me with these questions. And I answered every one of them, but they like for 20 minutes, they would take people away from my booth because they would just come up more than one person and just start grilling me on different things about like the writing process. And just like, it seemed like trivia questions. Like I know they genuinely weren't interested in advice because they were like, so mm. Where do you publish your books? Do you have an editor? Do you like outline your books beforehand? And then they didn't even buy the book. <laughs> oh, geez. You just start telling to listen to your many, many podcasts. Just be yeah. like, hey, I have it all here. I bet you could listen. That's like insane. Do they not like think that you're the actual writer or something? Do you think? Or they, do you think that is just like disbelief? I've had a lot of people both on the internet and in person accuse me of like hiring ghostwriters or having wow. like someone else wow. write my books for me. No, it's all me. I, I literally, I have offered to write in front of people just to show it's like, it's the same writing. Yeah. And then um, to add on to the people who came up and grilled me, they walked away by saying, aren't you a little too young to have written this many books? Aren't you too old to be asking that question? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would be what I say. <laughs> I, I, it's, it's mind boggling to me, but as a woman who's pushed a stone uphill in business for a lot of years, Shanti, and I just commend you on already facing this mm -hmm. and speaking your truth and standing in your own business model and saying, no, this is what I'm doing and how I'm doing it. And, and really showing that confidence to be taken seriously. Cause you will be, I've been joking for years here. I'm, you know, older, my daughter's and my youngest is now starting college. And I, I always say that I'm finally old enough to be taken seriously and young enough to still take action. I feel like it took me to be almost 50 before I've been taken seriously as a woman. So I know what you're facing and going through. And I am so impressed with your mindset and your abilities and your attitude towards it already, because you're going to be that pioneer that starts changing this narrative for all the Thank other you. women coming beside you, behind you, that are in front of you, that haven't started the journey so young as you have. And I'm just so impressed with where your mind is at and what your skills already are and how you're visualizing this, let alone the writing skills, your business skills and your mindset is just stellar. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Um, this like idea of just kind of like forward thinking and future and like building yourself up as you go. Do you have advice for your future self. And I heard this on a podcast the other day, because usually people say, oh, do you have advice for like your high school self or blah, blah, blah. And it's generally the people on the podcast are in their 20s. So their high school self isn't that far away. But it was asked to your future self, because you still have a lot of like, so much of your life ahead of you. And I think that was a really interesting way to ask that. So I'm going to turn it to you. I think definitely. Hmm. Don't, this is going to be, because it's soon I'm going to start querying for agents and I'm going to, there's going to be a lot more probably rejection and, you know, maybe in like 20 years, 10, 20 years, film adaptations, all this crazy stuff. So don't let one rejection bring you down. Right. And don't let one person's opinion change how you feel about yourself and your body of work. Oh my goodness. I have to say, I like, that's advice that I have for myself now. 
um there was an award that i wanted to win and i was like sure i was gonna win it and then they just completely like blew me off so i just want to hug you through the computer screen <laughs> right now because <laughs> I, I i work with professionals of all ages industries and there's a lot of very professional and matured adults out there that don't have that wisdom that you just gave about mm -hmm. not being worried about rejection, staying true to yourself because rejection is amazing. I love no. My favorite mentor teaches that the, the 25 no philosophy that if you knew that what you wanted, you were going to get after 25 no's that you were finally going to get a yes. Wouldn't you be excited at no 19, yeah. 20, 21? Like, yes, it's almost here because that really is what takes place. And for you to be willing to say, that's fine, bring it on because you yeah. know that you're building wow. these steps up ahead and using tools in your tool belt and it helps leads you. It's pushes you to where you're going, which you've already started so young. How has these skills transcended over to how you're handling your academics? So with your schoolwork, your schedule, you've already got such great timing and, and mental game on how you manage yourself and your time and your writing. How are you noticing that that's evolved to, to scholastically to how you're doing in your studies? So I think especially, so over the pandemic, I think a lot of people, including myself, really lost time management skills. I mean, I was in sixth grade when the pandemic hit, yeah. and yeah. already I didn't have to worry about a lot of homework. <laughs> so then once we got out of the pandemic, and then there was eighth grade and now ninth grade, I had a lot to learn. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, what I realized is balancing school and writing is extremely important. And I'm really good about keeping on top of my writing for the day. And I had to learn about how to do the same for schoolwork. And, you know, I also do marketing and editing and all of this. And what I would do is I would create a list of all the things I needed to do and how long I thought it would take. And then I would try to figure out which to knock out, knock off first. If I add schoolwork to that list, it's a little longer, but sometimes, you know, I don't have as much work. And then I can just do that. And just basically treat schoolwork as though it's the same as my writing. Though often I prioritize my writing over my schoolwork, but I still have good grades. So it all works out. <laughs> Capri, do you think that I, I, I think that you're going to have your friends wanting to help you with their college essays? In a couple of years, you're going to be facing this as you get ready. I have a feeling you're going to be saying, yeah. excuse me, I'm going to handle my own stuff. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. You are on such a good track. Do you find that? using kind of on the time management part do you use like writing time as a reward because I know like personally like if I have a big assignment coming up and I don't want to do it I'll be like I'll use reading time as a reward oh if I finish my homework before 10 then I can read for 30 minutes occasionally I do it kind of depends mm -hmm. on the assignment like right now things are pretty good I'm usually good about knocking things out unless it's math then <laughs> I'll be like it'll be like 10 o'clock like, oh my gosh those. I have math homework, um, but often I think using writing as an award, it can be really good as long as I'm still getting those thousand words in. I've also started writing during homeroom because we have like 20, I think 25 minutes of homeroom, 30 minutes. So if I can write during then, then I only have to write, say, 30 minutes because it usually takes me an hour to write a thousand words. No wow. way. I'm sorry. I cannot fathom. That is so cool. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. What other studies do you enjoy besides the writing in school right now? What other subjects are intriguing you and you feel like um, influencing as you are evolving, even in your own craft as a writer? So I have in my school, we have these tech rotations and it's different. Like, I guess it's not really a study, but it rotates and it's like different kind of 
things. So we have like video editing, video production. I think we have, we have Woodshop and then we're doing theater tech next. All of that's really interesting because I can kind of get these experiences that I can then apply to my books. For example, I know how to carve a spoon out of a block of wood now. Wow. I wasn't really good at it, but <laughs> <laughs> I know like things like that that I can actually use with my books. And then I don't actually have to Google how to carve a spoon out of wood if I want to make it accurate. Mm-hmm. Do you think that entering high school has changed um, maybe like the style of your writing a little bit or like the topics you write about or is it still has it been constant throughout? So the book I'm working on now, which is the first book I've started since I began high school, um, because I actually I finished one like right when high school started. But anyway, so my first book of the year, basically, I consider it is a high fantasy novel. And that's something I've never done before. Mm. I don't know why it is. But now that I'm not in middle school, I don't feel the like craving to write a dystopian novel as much. I used to write like all the books I wrote in middle school were dystopian novels. I love them. Um, I had uh, the very middle school dystopian phase just instead of reading it obsessively, I was writing it. <laughs> so now I'm moving on to like fantasy and some romance and things like that. Awesome. I know you probably can't say which one, but you have to have probably one or two that are your favorites. But you're like, oh. I'm so glad I wrote that one. This one's my favorite. Okay. Never dying and you won't know her name without a doubt. Tell us why. So Never Dying is my second most popular book. And ne- You Own Her Name is my first most popular book. They're complete. I have a, that reminds me, I have an interview to do. Like it's just a written interview. And it's like, what is, what are, are there any similarities between Never Dying and You Own Her Name? Absolutely not. Um, Never Dying is this um, like enemies to lovers dystopia novel. It's so much fun. It, it was amazing to write. And I was able to get a lot of the videos um, to blow up on TikTok. So I have more readers for that book than probably all of my other books, except for You Won't Know Her Name. Uh, you Won't Know Her Name is a novel told in poetry, and it's like based on a true story. I published that one in the summer between seventh and eighth grade. It is my most popular book still. It's been over a year, and I it's hard to find a book that will do better than it. However, Never Dying is very much on track to be that book. That is so great. I can't wait to get them. I'm seriously going to buy all your books because I'm, I'm going to be one of your fans out here saying way to go. I love this. So impressed. Have you, do you have a, a, an experience or an occasion where you know that you've just inspired another young writer because they've heard your story or you've been able to say, Oh my gosh, now they're doing it too. Cause I can imagine how many people you're inspiring. Young. So there are a lot of um, people I get a lot of TikTok comments like, oh my gosh, you inspired me to write my book. Oh my gosh, I love your videos. And I have people, you know, approach me like in person, like at events and stuff. And I'll have people even like per- personally like reach out to me on social media. So like all of those people, there are also some people that have reached out to me um, with like needing help for with publishing and things. And then to see them actually publish their book and have to see it on Amazon is so cool. Isn't that just rewarding? Yeah. Like, oh my gosh, they did it. Look what you started. Yeah. <laughs> That's so incredible. Um, do you do all your own advertising for your books? Because I've heard you like talk about TikTok a couple times, but I know how valuable of a tool it can be and whatnot. So. I do all my own marketing. So I do TikTok. I book podcasts. Yeah. I um, make social media posts and I like run advertisements. Mm-hmm. So I definitely do all my own marketing. TikTok is honestly my favorite. I'm so I'm 300 followers away from 40,000. And wow. it's just, it's such an amazing platform for promoting things, especially books, because mm-hmm. you can kind of, oh, sorry, I just bought my headphones. You take can take Shanti uh, on as my PR representation. <laughs> if you have any spare time, I can make your house. Yeah. 
<laughs> and so you can like connect with your audience and you can interact with them. It's I think honestly the easiest way to actually like blow up is just respond to all your comments. Yes. And that mm-hmm. like increases your following because if you respond to a comment, people are way more likely to follow, at least in my opinion. Yes, yeah. engagement, engagement, I engagement. I so agree with that. <laughs> wow. Thanks. How fun is she? See, now we know when Capri comes home from college for a visit, we're going to have to go meet you. We're going to have to meet you and hug you. And then you can sign our books. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Yes. I'm so down. Seriously. For for everybody following and watching, this is so amazing because we were connected by the beautiful power of this amazing digital world that we have. We were connected through another Podmatch host, a podcast host. And I was like, oh, we have to have her on 2OK2YA and then find out that she lives 10 minutes from Capri and I, except when Capri is at Purdue. Mm -hmm. So this is just really fun to know that you're you're one of us here in San Diego. I'm, I'm so proud, but you are blessing lives across the nation. If you don't mind, would you share just a tidbit about just your your life and your with your family or um, you have siblings H- how is this inter- integrated into your family so i have um a twin sister and I, we live with our parents of course and we have we've always i've never not had a cat that's important to mention because earlier on in my writing i would always write about my cats they were like my muse um like all of the books i wrote like not really the like the little books i made at paper all about my cats. Um, I currently have two cats named Apollo and Eclipse, and Aww. we bought them on my birthday two years ago. They are absolutely adorable. I feel like Eclipse might be in here somewhere. <laughs> I'm not sure. I love my cat too, so yeah. I'm right there with you. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. And a twin. Yeah. Wow. Are you guys similar in, in some of your interests, or are you polar opposite? We're very much different. Um, my sister is, so she does aerial silks, which is very difficult. I could never. Um, and then she, um, is really into art. I guess writing is kind of an art in a way, but it's different. She makes jewelry and does paintings. Oh, that is so great. What, what are you and your sister both looking forward to as far as high school coming up? And then you're, you're going to blink and you're going to be doing your college apps in the, yeah. in the corner. What do you see ahead for yourself? I know that's kind of hard here at freshman year, but I know you're, they're talking about a lot at this stage in high school. What are you looking forward to? For high school? I mean, my homecoming is on Friday, so I'm looking forward to that. Awesome. Um, more distantly, I'm looking forward to like AP classes. Currently, the only accelerated classes I'm in is Honors English. And I'm looking forward because um, my school, we do um, a lot of very kind of niche classes. So, like guitar making is a class. <laughs> I kind of want to take it. it. And then there's the history of rock and roll, which looks pretty fun. So I'm really looking forward to taking more electives. This semester, I'm not taking any electives. Um, but next semester, I'm doing both creative writing and journalism side by side. Love it's it. going to be interesting. <laughs> yeah. I have no doubts you're going to stay in writing and journalism probably all the way through. Is there yeah. a, is there another subject, though, that you think about with college that intrigues you that you're like, oh, maybe I really want to study in this as well? I think marketing might be very interesting because then I can market my books. Also, psychology might be really cool. I um, yeah. used to want to be a social worker, but I'm not sure I want to do that anymore. There's a wow. lot of great choices. Yeah. I so agree. I know. That's like one of the toughest things I'm in college. I'm like, oh my gosh, I have them in my schedule for next semester. And there's like 500 classes and 490 sound interesting to me. Like how do I take them all? <laughs> yeah. But it's all right. This I had a rock and roll history class in high school. You best believe I would have taken that. That's so fun. So. Yeah. Awesome. 
Right. Shanti, what, what advice do you have for other young writers that are afraid to take that chance? Definitely don't worry about what other people are going to think and don't worry that your book is bad or needs something. Just write and get the words out however you can. Editing and whether or not your book is good or not is a problem for the second draft, not the first. And you can always edit. You can always rewrite. Once you finish the book, it's not set in stone. You're okay. And also try to get build a habit. I like writing a thousand words a day, but some people may only be able to write five 500 or 100, and that's absolutely fine. I just think writing the same amount each day really tricks your brain into getting that habit, and that's super important. Yeah. So much of what we do is a habit. That's awesome. Capri, what do you think? Don't you wish we had known her sooner (laughs) before you left? (laughs) I know. You're so great. I have one kind of final question about, so your book writing I think that it probably took a lot of courage to reach out to all these people. Have you seen like your confidence and your personality kind of change or like become a little more outgoing? Because I like with starting the podcast, I've definitely seen that like in myself. I've watched you go Capri for sure. (laughs) Definitely um, doing podcasts. I've gotten way more comfortable with like talking to adults and really just communicating with people. I got to say in elementary school and middle school, a lot of teachers were just, I, I went to private school for elementary school and mm-hmm. preparatory schools can be really rough and the teachers often can be very mean to the students and they can get away with a lot more. So I, I, I like, we had teachers who would use to like yell at the entire class and it made me absolutely terrified to talk to adults. Mm-hmm. And I feel like now that I've done podcasts, it's a lot easier to do. Because we all love you here in the podcast world. And, and Shanti, I'm telling you, I see a future for you as a podcast host. Because I really want you to. are so well spoken and so sure. comfortable. And and actually we're gonna keep you in the queue to maybe come in and guest host in this with with us once in a while if you're open to it. Oh sure, that would be wonderful. Because you're fantastic. Yeah. Capri, Thank I know you. I just spoke for all of us, but yeah. I think you would agree. We <laughs> all share the same thought. Yes. Yes, completely. Shanti, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us. Congratulations on your success, on what you're already doing. I I have no doubts we're going to hear nothing but great things for you up ahead. And you've got a network here. We are here as family to you as well for resources and advice and just to keep you inspired and motivated. And thank you for everyone that you're inspiring and motivating every day with who you are and with your books. Thank you so much. With that, I think I have the easiest question of the night for you. Where can people follow you and find your book? So you can follow me on TikTok, Instagram, and I mean, I have Twitter. I don't use it. No, no one needs to buy Twitter. There's <laughs> nothing good. important on there. Uh, my TikTok is at Shanti Who Writes, and my Instagram is just at Shanti Hershenson. My website, where you can find links to my books and everything like that, is ShantiHershenson.com. That's S-H-A-N-T-I-H-E-R-S-H-E-N-S-O-N.com. Uh, my books are available on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, basically everywhere you buy books online, and they're also in like available in store in some stores. Probably a lot in San Diego. Also, I have people reach out to me and say they found them in like this store, this store. So just take a look; you might find Aww. them. And, you and we will have all those links in all of the yeah. uh, in the comments and the information on the show for this episode. Okay. Mm-hmm. Can't wait to add them to the cart tonight. <laughs> take right. us home, Capri. So there you have it, um, Shanti. Hershenson. Thank you so much for joining us. You have such a bright future ahead of you. And to all our listeners, um, give her 
website and her TikTok a look because you will not be disappointed in the slightest. And I just can't wait to see all the rest of the wonderful books you will write for us. So, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. And thanks for tuning in to today's episode of Two Old Kids and Two Young Adults. We'll see you next time. Make sure and subscribe to this show so you don't miss the next episode of Two Old Kids and Two Young Adults podcast. We want to hear from you as well. You can email us at 2ok2ya at gmail.com.